0: Parry Talks. Welcome back once again. I feel like I start all these episodes the exact same way, but this is a different one. It's it's special for a whole lot of reasons, not just for the guest, of course, because we have a very special guest today and no undermining that at all. But today we're actually recording this on the one year anniversary of Parry Talks. So we've been chugging away for a year. We've got 26 episodes done, which is one a Fortnite, which is pretty good for the first year. We're going to amp that up, hopefully have two unique pieces of content a week next year. That's the goal. Um, but yeah, so thanks so much for listening. If you've been listening this whole time, there are a lot of people actually that have, you know, a lot of the people that we first caught on the first couple of episodes are still listening now. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening. And um, today's episode is a special one. It's with a great guest who I think, I, don't, I hate the word underrated, but I think is quite underrated in Sydney and in just general culture and dance music and hip hop and just music cultures as well. I've got the one, the only, Carolina Gasolina. How are you today?
1: I'm good, thanks. And thanks so much for having me. I love that you said underrated, actually. I don't know. I've never, I've never thought of myself as like...
0: Rated. Rated <laughs> at
1: all. So, like, even to be underrated, to think that I'm underrated and people think of me that I higher than what I am that's kind of cool that's a really cool compliment thank you oh, No worries.
0: <laughs> some people say I'm flattering but other people say that I'm really dry and I have some sort of a monotone voice but like you know we win-win <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I feel that a lot of community leaders can be quite like not community leaders but just people involved can sort of think because it's so outward looking like a lot of the time people don't reflect so much on the work they're doing and actually, like, take a step back and be like, what have I actually contributed? So I feel like I think that's a common sort of thread between a lot of people that sort of do a lot of volunteer work or, you know, sort of put other things behind them, their own, you know, benefit first. I think that's super interesting.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's, like, quite often. And I don't know, maybe, like, creatives do this in general and people that are in this field do that in general where we just, I don't know, we go through these phases where we just think we're shit you know what I mean? And that like, we're not doing enough and especially in times like COVID, like what's happening now where we're not like, cause I DJ and stuff as well. It's like, we're not actively like going out to gigs and like, you know, also working behind the scenes. I'm not working on any shows or like organizing that kind of stuff. So it's like, I feel like in a way, like I'm almost not doing enough. I'm not producing enough.
0: I know exactly what you're talking
1: about. So yeah like I think we can but then if you take a step back and you're like oh well these are all the things that I have done everything's okay (laughs) everything's gonna be okay yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think for me as well especially now it's like a lot of my reward came from like engaging in the physical space where like even though if I had a tough week at work if I had you know maybe a couple podcasts in a row where it was just like oh this is just like hours and hours of work like to what avail and then you go to a good club night or like you go to a settings event or you go to like you know what really or if you even if you just walk into a store where there's like community-minded people or you walk past fbi and see who's out the front it's like that physical space is so important so like to sort of feel that get taken away i think it's probably impacted a lot of you know the motivation levels for a lot of people yeah especially I mean, in the club world um but yeah, let's get into the accolades. Accolades. <laughs> um, in terms of like, so last night, obviously, big event with Trax as well. Um, if you just want to talk about your overall involvement there, what you sort of did, yep. how it was, and just a bit of a reflection on the actual experience of it.
1: Yeah. Um, so for those people that don't know what Trax is, so Trax is um, uh, FBI uh, project like a project uh so i'm the project coordinator and i kind of lead up the whole project and uh it's about bringing the music industry to western sydney so originally um ricky simon the manager of one four and solo and rebecca hatch he kind of led it in the past um two years ago and it was in-person events but because of covid we've had to go to more a live stream which Mm. is what we did last night and it's just about exposing young artists and creatives um, to the music industry, so that they can start building relationships, so they can start to learn about the industry as a whole, um, and just start to like find their feet in the industry. Because the thing with being out from out, thing with being from out west is where I grew up. I actually grew up in Layla Park, which is a little suburb next to Blacktown, in between Blacktown and Seven Hills. So I spent my whole life there, pretty much. Um, and I didn't get into the music industry until later in my, like, 20s. Mm. So, because I just didn't know that that was an avenue for me. Yeah. And you don't, you can't, like, grasp it. It's not like you can touch it when you're living out west. You're kind of forgotten about, and you don't have access to a lot of things. It doesn't feel real at all. It doesn't feel real, and, you know, I was really lucky to be exposed to behind the scenes industry um and make those connections just out of luck um but a lot of people don't have that luck Mm. um so it's just a kind of about it's just about bridging the gap and telling western sydney kids that they too can be in the music industry and they don't actually have to be an artist to be in the music industry they can be behind the scenes they can be in production they can be a tour manager they can be a manager they can be a bookie in bookings they can be a you know, like you know, there's yeah. so many things that we can do and I think it's even more important right now to get Western Sydney um, people behind the scenes as Western Sydney artists grow because no one is going to look out for Western Sydney artists like people from Western B-time. Sydney because we just get each other. Like we know each other. We know the struggle. We know what each other have been through. We've seen a lot of things in our like young lives in our youth that isn't normal so it's just about giving them hope and telling them that they too can be in this position you know what i mean
0: i know exactly what you mean and i feel like music education is such an interesting sort of sphere the music industry education is such an interesting sphere in the sort of ways that how impactful it is in the ways it tackles representation and the way it like acts as a very big representation of what the actual music industry is like so from your perspective, other than bridging that gap, um, what other are the gaps do you think that exist in the music industry education sort of sphere? And um, how do you think an event like Tracks like be- tackles that?
1: Um, I think people, I think the lack of understanding of Western Sydney, to be honest, like it's all well and good for like people to like, um, it's all well and good for like people to like, find these artists once they've blown up you know and it's all and like be big fans of these artists once they have blown up but the truth is is that it's not a new thing that there's so much talent out in western sydney Mm -hmm. like even when i was in high school which was a really long time ago like there was so much talent and it was raw like blacktown station with your guitars and like break dancing and stuff like Mm -hmm. that like i'm so glad i grew up around that because I know none of these city kids did you know what i mean and yeah like i feel like the understanding like especially like with all the juvenile justice and like in and out of the system kind of vibe it's really easy for people to say you got to stay out of trouble you got to stay out of trouble you know if you want to make you got to stay out of trouble like but, like, they're not walking down the street in Mount Jewett. You know what I mean? They're not walking down the street in Blacktown, mm-hmm. like, trying to get home and then, like, getting rolled, Like, you know, like, it's just... I know exactly, yeah. Yeah, so the lack of understanding, I think, the education piece behind what it's like to grow up in Western Sydney, what it's really like to grow up in Western Sydney, because there's different levels to it as well. You could go to a Catholic school and never experience violence in your life. You know what I mean? And never be exposed to... Um, a low socioeconomic friend.
0: Mm.
1: Um, but you could go to the school down the road and be exposed to all of that. Big and time. have a bunch of friends that go through teenage pregnancy and by the time you're 18, all your friends have kids. You know? So yeah. I think having that understanding is what's missing in the music industry. Big time. And I, don't know, I feel like there needs to be more everyone wants a piece of the pie right now everyone wants to be from the area you know and it's really cool to be from the area but it's actually not that cool when you have to go through a lot of shit
0: exactly and i feel like one thing as well it's like a lot of people will be a lot of people criticize you know the whole like western sydney like in and out of the system you know like struggling communities and be like oh why isn't there any you know individual sort of choice just be like oh if you don't want to get in trouble just choose not to get in trouble without actually giving youth like structural and like integrating like actual education and unique education in their communities which is what track sort of does which not sort of does exactly does yeah and like just giving kids a pathway to be like this is what exists you know and those structural like interventions are really important i think rather than just being like just chin stroking from afar being like oh why don't they just be like us it's so stupid and i feel like that understanding for tracks is always so important especially yeah. with the movement of everyone wanting to be from the area right now i have people such in
1: ride telling me they're from western sydney and i'm like what <laughs> Ride is not like i'm not saying ride isn't rough or like there's parts yeah. of ride that isn't rough but it's not western sydney yeah, it's like different. it's very different
0: yeah <laughs> um oh so i've got so much to unpack i don't know (laughs) i just don't know where to start but i mean yeah that's super interesting in the sense that i know i reflected on my sort of experience being second generation Australian hearing my parents tell stories of what because they're my parents grew up sort of in a city it's like in a inner city like woolly and stuff and they tell their experience and like i reflect that on my experience be like oh i've learned a lot from these people and that sort of thing so i reflect on that sort of you know the overcoming sort of yeah there's a lot there um but i think that's super interesting um especially now where how bubbling and how exciting western sydney is as an art space and it's only been recognized now why do you think just personally that sort of it's only happening now that western sydney's sort of got this you know big spotlight on it
1: i mean like obviously because of the artists that are coming out of western sydney are obviously very very talented naturally talented never been trained you know they don't come from musical like backgrounds where they've gone to like art schools and stuff like that it's just raw talent um and you don't need a label and you don't need um you know you can become famous off youtube right now so i think the spotlight on them and also like there's been some gatekeepers like ricky and howie and stuff like that that have made space for these kids yeah and you know really brought them up to that level where their video clips are great where their mixing and mastering yeah. sounds great
0: all the small things like that all the so small important. things
1: as well because you know like there's artists from western sydney that are great but not necessarily getting their um singles mix and mastered up to scratch you know you know what I mean, so I think you know there's all those like little elements like mm-hmm. there's a gate open right now, um and there's people that are bringing people in, which is great um and I mean you can't deny like the talent and the bangers, yeah, you know no way. um so yeah I think I think that's part of the reason why, yeah it's it's actually like. Amazing, It's brilliant. Yeah. It's amazing to see like familiar faces on TV and doing really well. Because like when I see video clips and people like on MTV and stuff like that, I think of like the, gu- the people I went to school with, like they just remind me of the kids I went to school with. And it also makes me really sad in a way because I think about how much talent they had and The track that they went down and you know whether it be like going joining bikie gangs which happens a Mm. lot like straight out of high school and you know having three kids to like two different mothers or vice versa having ice addictions sometimes all three yeah you know and that's the reality of where you can end up and you can end up like that coming from the inner west i'm not saying that but
0: it's there's a normality to it rather than
1: you know being so shocking being so shocking yeah Yeah. so yeah it's amazing but in a way it does make me sad to think that we didn't have those opportunities like 10 20 years ago but this is why we're here now so that we can open that we can make it easier for the next generation of kids that are coming through
0: yeah and i think one of the super positive things as well which sort of attaches to the you know it's sad that uh, like the past generations did miss out on those opportunities because there wasn't much visibility you know because of social media you name it but now it's like there are people telling stories of western sydney properly yeah because they're from western sydney and they understand western sydney so because of that, people from the outside might be like, oh, I wasn't aware of this or I didn't properly engage with this or I want to help somehow or I want to educate someone and that sort of thing. So I think there's a big flow and effect, you know, from let alone just one four popping off, say, yeah. as a moment in sort of Australian music has sort of that flow and effect, not just musically, but, you know, socioeconomically as well, hopefully, which totally, is great.
1: Totally, totally.
0: Um sort of back to tracks yeah um, go for it. obviously a very diverse lineup and importantly so a diverse lineup and the music industry is probably the most whitewashed thing in the world that's crazy um how important is it tackling sort of like diversity and representation issues with like a very strong community radio station like fbi and how have, you know do you think that fbi if you just want to like talk up how great fbi is and sort of tackling that sort of thing
1: To be honest, FBI is so amazing. Like, honestly, like I've never worked in a team that is so supportive and just like really, um, I hate to use the word woke, but they are really woke and they actually not even just performative allyship. Like they really put that into action. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm a perfect example of them putting that into action i started volunteering there probably like three years ago and that kind of like really helped me with my music career start like s- starting off and um when nikki who's the station manager there she reached out to me about leading tracks it was like the per like i was just like this is perfect like i've wanted to do something in my own community like the project is based in Blacktown. Like i grew up there i used to spend so many like days after school in blacktown at blacktown station so it's like there's no other better person to do it really Mm -hmm. so and just them knowing that like them being fully aware of that just shows that they're not performative like they really like they really have a good think about what they're doing and They showed it with um, the Black Lives Matter um, resources that they pulled together on the internet. Um, They're so supportive of all the marches. Their diversity is like at the forefront of them all the time. So yeah, I just think it's an amazing, amazing platform. And like, I highly encourage any person that wants to get into the music industry to reach out to FBI radio and just start. If you can volunteer anywhere, start there you know yeah
0: yeah i feel like and like i can't talk any more highly of fbi because like listen to it like every sunset show because i like work from home a lot especially at night time like sunset shows on essays getting written podcast questions getting written It's, it's just the best it's yeah and i fully fully encourage like it's the best spot to just like get a foot in the door and just see sort of how it all works. But at the same time with like such a supportive and, you know, welcoming team and like just a lot of smiley faces. It's so brilliant.
1: Yeah. And that's not to say they've got they've still got work to do in regards to like diversity within the team, but they are fully aware of that Mm. as well. You know what I mean? Yes. And they're not denying that at any point in time. Um and yeah, it's just it's just a work in progress really. Like everyone needs to work On it,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, and white
1: people need to do the work, not people of color, not black people. You know, white people need to do the work. Mm. So, like, we've been doing the work. So, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, they are aware of that responsibility. So
0: brilliant, um, yeah, amazing. Wow, (laughs) I just need to take a breath. (laughs) Um, yeah, i I don't know. Maybe it might be quite useful. I think it would be quite useful just to talk through maybe your. Involvement in FBI and how you got to the position you're in now at FBI and just sort of like the the narrative path
1: Okay, I think that um, might be
0: quite inspiring and encouraging.
1: Yeah, so I actually uh, Wanted to get into radio and they had the presenter training Mm -hmm. um, auditions like the applications um, a few years ago and I applied and so you had to uh, answer like five questions I think it was like written format and then um, They obviously get a lot of applications and then they call it and you get um, emailed about an audition and then it's like a group audition kind of thing where you speak about yourself and why you want to be in radio and what you would do and what kind of show would you would do and mm. blah, 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 blah. And then they call it from there and they form the presenter training yeah. group from that. And so I got through. Um, yeah, and then you do like a year of all-nighters. Yeah. and all nighters are a hard slog <laughs> so you start like 1am and you finish at 6am sometimes sometimes you finish at four depending on what shift and you do that once a fortnight for 12 months wow. so it's a lot of dedication but i think people underestimate like what it takes to make it in this industry as well and sometimes you just got to work for free you know yeah. there's been a bunch of things that i've done for free Offer very little money, you know? Um, but I wouldn't take it back now because I've been... Get, like, I was given the opportunity to work on tracks. And so, yeah, I've just, like, hosted shows here and there. I've never really had my own show. I've covered a show for about three months. Um, but I've always kept that involvement. Yeah. And last year, I worked for uh, BBA and a Festival, RIP. <laughs> Um And Nikki asked me to come back on for tracks And so in February, I started working on tracks And it was meant to be in-person yeah. events And then COVID happened in March And I was really, really lucky Because um, they, Nikki, FBI, offered um, to apply for JobKeeper for me Which yeah. I wasn't expecting because I was on a contract yeah. A six-month contract with them for tracks purely um, and so now I, do tra- I work on tracks and I'm assistant program- a programming assistant under Emilio as well. So I there help with the programming as well. Yeah. Um, We've
0: sent you a lot of emails at our... <laughs> 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 <We know. laughs>
1: so yeah, so I've been really lucky. And like I, like I said, I can't thank FBI Radio mm. enough for like giving me a chance and letting me work on tracks. And there's no better feeling like working on a project in my own community... And I feel really lucky to still have a job in music over this time. Mm. Cause I know not many people do. So yeah, I'm, I am so grateful for them.
0: Big time. Big shout out yeah. to Amelia as well. She's yeah. got to come on. <laughs> she has to. I've been working on it for yeah. years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. So we sort of just hinted at it, but obviously COVID, Black Lives Matter, there's a lot going on politically and noise wise. And I want you to sort of reflect as a DJ as well. Um, And because I know I've struggled definitely, I've made mistakes and I've definitely learnt a lot through this period in terms of how to engage with political topics and political discussion, you know, with the platform. So I just wanted to like ask, how have you found sort of tackling these big issues, you know, on your platform and what do you think that's worked well? What do you think, you know, maybe a lesson you've learned through this sort of weird period?
1: I've learned so many lessons in the past years. Um, Like, first and foremost, like I'm not um, black. You know, I'm brown. Um, and in saying that, I'm light-skinned. Um, so I know I haven't faced discrimination as much as a black woman, as a, as a First Nations woman. So I've really got to check myself and keep that in mind because mm-hmm. I don't ever want to speak for them because I know I have in the past and it wasn't my place to speak on, you know? Um, so... <laughs> So oh good, we'll, we'll
0: get that out of the recording tomorrow. Uh, no, that's
1: okay. Um, so, I can only come from a supportive perspective, and I've learnt to kind of let them speak first and learn from them. Yeah, be time. Um, and be there for them um, when I can, and that means like little things like not just going when it's trending like not just going to the blm march but going to those invasion day rallies you know going to the visuals when we have them so Mm -hmm. for example it's like you know when the Christchurch massacre happened you know going to supporting that community it's like yeah it's it's a it's a really hard one to be honest and it's a really hard one Uh, for a person of color that isn't black as well because i can only say so much and i'm still trying to figure it out and i think the best thing i can do is just support my black friends and be there for my black friends when they need Mm. and check in on them and yeah like support them in any way i can yeah um i'm still trying to figure it out to be honest because it is it is hard and it's, there's a lot of work to be done and there's a lot of work that I need to do. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, that, I think that's the perfect answer <laughs> in the sense that like I'm trying, I'm doing good things, but at the same time, always learning and like no one will ever reach pure workness without, you know, making mistakes here and there and without the mistakes you don't learn anyway. So yeah. yeah, I think that's a brilliant answer and way to put it. Um, so many directions I can go right now. But I'm super interested in your story as a DJ and how sort of it sort of all started as a DJ, as a mixer, as they say. So did it start being like, I want to be on radio and then DJing is a really cool tool to have while on radio or was it the other way around?
1: Or? No, well, it actually started radio first and I was covering the hip hop show at on midnight, midnight hip hop show on Saturday nights and um people kept asking me if i was djing like i was like oh dj are you can you dj blah blah blah, blah. and people actually just like liked my song selection <laughs> um and i've always had they a like match- my style they, yeah, they like, like my in music like you know i'm a tastemaker <laughs> <laughs> um so i kind of was just i got sick of people asking me like oh can you dj can we book you for a party i kind of just like got sick mm-hmm. of that so I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to learn. Mm. And I bought like a controller off Facebook Marketplace for like 150 bucks. And it kind of just sat in my room for like a month. And I oh, actually had one day where my friend came over and she was like, oh, this is what you do.
0: Shout them out, shout them out.
1: <laughs> Basia, Basia came over. <laughs> um, and she was like, this is what you do. And I was like really obsessed with it for a day. And then I just sat in my room for mm. a month. And then one of my friends, Jana, who's aka Hazy, who's just like this amazing... Um, artist, like, uh, not music artist, but, like, artist. Visual artist. Visual artist, <laughs> yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> um, she was holding a party at Frida's called BTW, and it was on a Wednesday night, and it was, like, part spoken word, part art, visual art, mm. part music, yeah, showcase cool. thing. And then I saw her at a party, and she was like, oh, like, I was wondering if you want to play. And then I was like, oh, you know, like, I haven't really... And I was like, when is it? And she was like, it's in six weeks. Like, it's like on May the 30th or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. That's like, a good I, way to do it as yeah, well. Like uh, having
0: a deadline. Having end. a
1: deadline. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I Just book me. Okay, cool. Thinking like Wednesday night in Sydney. It's art. It's like going to be like this small art kind of show, you know.
0: People just nodding their heads. Yeah. And
1: yeah. I was like, yeah, it'd be chill. It'd be chill. And I literally... As as soon as the Facebook event went up, there was just like hundreds of people (laughs) like tagging yes, 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 going, going. And on the night, there was like a thousand people that had said yes to going. And I was like, holy fuck. Like I was so nervous, but I had literally planned a 45 minute set from beginning to end. Like I was just like, I'm going to perfect this and the night came and i remember like driving up here like driving up this street actually and the line was just like <laughs> around the corner and i was freaking the fuck out like yeah. i was just like and i remember jumping on the decks and my face like my friend was like filming me and my face was like just Sorry, was mortified it, was it was
0: this, was this in the gallery downstairs at freda's or was it upstairs upstairs All
1: upstairs right. oh. yeah cuz like- freda's
0: upstairs can get quiet yeah. Clubby, like hardcore. Like. It
1: was packed. It was packed, <laughs> and it was just such an amazing night. Like it was a super diverse lineup. Like all people of the color, people that I had like really respected, like Phil, Fresh, and Naeem and you know Jassic and just like all these amazing like people it's that a huge I huge lineup, yeah. Yeah, that I really um, I never saw myself a bit, like in the same yeah, lineup room, as yeah. them, um, and I played, and it, it was lit. Like it went off, and from there on, like, I just kept, t- like, from, like, literally the next day I woke up and I had a booking request. So it just kind of went from yeah. there.
0: I feel like the first time I saw you, DJ.
1: Oh, you've seen me DJ?
0: Twice, I think. Really? At Chipper One, the Michael Bolo show.
1: Okay. Oh, God. That was so scary, though. <laughs> that was really scary. <laughs> Those
0: warm-ups can be so intimidating, especially when people were just, like, there for, like, one band. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you played some tracks. Thank You're you. You're the first person I ever heard someone play The Message out. Oh, really? Like at a club. And, you're there. and I was like, oh, what the hell? I didn't think someone would play this. And it went off. Everyone was going off. It was yeah, fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then at one of the Athletica parties.
1: Oh, that was a great set. That <laughs> yeah, was a those great, parties are insane. That, that was a great set. I really, like, was a bit more experimental with my music then. Like, I, play, I tried to play more club music. I'm yeah. trying to, like, yeah, be more experimental and, like, dip into different sounds now, not just hip-hop. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was actually really fun. I played um, Do You Think You're Better Off Alone by Alice DJ. And it went off. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this song. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> let's just touch on it. So, when you started DJing, um, what was your, where was your taste at? Was it all just hip-hop?
1: Yeah. Like, I grew up, like, growing up in Western Sydney, I just grew up with, like, hip-hop music. Yeah. That was something that I was naturally, like, drawn Vita. to. Um, and yeah i listen to like a lot of bone thugs and harmony lots of tupac uh mary J., jarrell ashanti like that's all you name
0: it yeah you name it
1: yeah um so i was like really into that kind of music and so as a dj it was purely like mainly hip-hop uh but now that i've my sound has kind of evolved my ears kind of evolved because i listen to so much music definitely play like i um, like to play like baile funk um i'm trying to dip into more like reggaeton mm. um like hispanic music latin america music that's coming out of latin america because obviously i'm latin American and i'm from peru um so yeah i'm definitely trying to integrate that more into my sets because it's actually more acceptable now to play that kind of exactly stuff out right. whereas like before it wasn't people mm. didn't really know and in saying that i didn't we grew up listening to music but my mum was really religious and my grandmother was really religious so yeah. they didn't like um us dance we weren't really allowed to dance and like uh, play music i uh, play a lot of music uh, like my parents weren't consistently know, it, listening yeah. to music you know what i mean and my grandmother hated it like she thought it was a devil so um yeah i just didn't have that natural kind of
0: which is a gift as well sometimes because you like you're a blank slate if yeah you're like- but it's nice to know that you're coming back to your, like, you're re finding your identity Yeah. Through music as well.
1: Yeah, and the last mix I did for Triple J had a lot of, like, Spanish music in it, like a lot of reggaeton. And I'm really trying to, like, explore that side of me because I know that I'm naturally drawn to that sound and it's in mm. me. So I'm really trying to explore that side and integrate that more into my sets. And I would have played heaps of it at Splendor in the grass last week, but yeah. it didn't happen. <laughs>
0: um yeah that's super interesting as well i think that in our sort of underground club scene like if you look at the athletic lineups a lot of the music is so latin inspired yeah and reggaeton expired with it, like its tempo and its rhythm so i feel like it's that's super cool and the, don't we can't even we don't even have to start on the pop world now like absolutely overtaken yeah you know just what with what drake started totally really.
1: and bad bunny like yeah bad Bunny's amazing i just want to live in a world where i'm married to bad bunny that's all <laughs> i'm
0: sure he's listening he's a big fan he's a That's friend of the show out there. he's a friend of the show he listens every week he's listening right now
1: oh, Bad bunny gosh
0: talk to me um yeah do you think that i think this is a super interesting thing that i think about a lot as well where not so much like straight line sort of um you know i'm greek so that means that i like greek music not like that more in the sense of the values of what, like, living in a Greek house might be like. I always think about how that impacts my work. So in what ways do you think that your Peruvian culture has sort of impacted the work you do in music, like culturally or, like, you know.
1: That's really hard. Or
0: value-wise or that sort of thing.
1: It's really hard because um, my parents don't really support my music career (laughs) Um, in the sense where, like, they don't, it's not necessarily they... It's not like they're just like, hate it so yeah. much. But it's not necessarily something that they want me to pursue. Like, for them, success... being Coming from a real immigrant family, and I was born in Peru, and I came, came here when I was like, one and a half. Coming from a real immigrant family that didn't have a lot, success to them is climbing the corporate ladder. Mm. You know, getting like a real job, working a nine-to-five security... At nine um stuff like that so i'm kind of like going against the grain um but in saying that like that really makes me work harder Mm. and i think also being a woman um and being a woman of color um i think it's just having that nurturing side to you um yeah and like instilling those values in my work and i think that's why i've enjoyed working on tracks so much because i know it's for a greater cause at the end of the day yeah um and in saying that like even when i before i got tracks before i did tracks i thought about applying for a grant myself and teaching dj workshops for women in western sydney Mm. so like those are the kind of things that i'm thinking about now like how can how can this be more... How can this career as a DJ or as someone in music be more than just someone in the scene? Yeah. Someone that's, like, hanging around people for, like, the... Because cl- there's so much of that. Mm. And it's gross. Yeah, clout and- chasers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're everywhere. And I just want to, like, whatever I do, I kind of just, like, want to leave an impact... A, more of an impact than just being a cool just being the cool girl
0: cool dj yeah Out. yeah Some glitter headphones yeah. yeah i know what you mean so yeah. that's
1: important to me and i think that's that comes from my parents that comes from my dad my dad was an activist in peru yeah. um yeah so i think like all of that all of my upbringing and hearing my dad so passionately talk about like Rights and stuff like that, human rights in Peru. I know that's all instilled in me still, and I can. I'm gonna try and do it the best yeah. I can.
0: Big time, beautiful.
1: Thanks. <laughs>
0: all right, that was that was actually fantastic because I feel like we've covered a lot
1: <laughs> and we've covered a lot
0: of serious stuff, and that was a good way to sort of full stop that. And I want to talk positively because i love western sea i love multiculturalism and like i that's like i love multiculturalism <laughs> but like it's it's so important to me and so important of what my vision of sydney is yeah as you know you go to Campsie and like you get the best chinese food in the country or you go to lakemba and you have all this great like pakistani food and you know you name it really um it's a big part of like what i think sydney is so i just want to ask a couple quick fire questions but we can we can sidetrack really far because I just want to get to know you more as a person
1: yeah
0: right, it's lunchtime Friday so you can be cheeky okay it's lunchtime on a Friday sun's out where are you going for like a big feed like a big feed anywhere in Sydney wherever you want
1: Um, I would probably go, if I could go anywhere, I'd go to La Paola in Fairfield. Mm -hmm. It's a, I'm not Chilean and apparently, like, back in the day, Chileans and Peruvians hate each other, but...
0: (laughs) That's their not now.
1: Not now. (laughs) Uh, But La La Paola is like a Chilean um, cafe bakery Mm. and they just have, like, amazing empanadas and they have amazing South American sweets and they have these hot dog. Chileans have this dish called completos, which are, like, um chili and hot dogs oh. and it's just amazing bread with a hot dog with all these toppings and i'm just looking at the
0: time is, yeah. it,
1: is it
0: i'm a bit hungry for 11:30. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so i'd probably go there
0: beautiful what's the best suburb in sydney
1: layla park, layla park. <laughs>
0: represent
1: layla park because honestly like growing up there I feel so safe there. I could mm. walk around there at like midnight even though it's fucking dangerous, but <laughs> like still feel safe. It's so that's the thing about Western Sydney. It's such a community vibe. We're like as much as we hate each other at times and we've all grown up together and like fought with each other and whatever. Yeah. But like I go back there and I feel like I'm at home, home and yeah. I feel like, I get really nostalgic when I walked even yesterday when I was at tracks and walking down Blacktown and just thinking about all the memories, good and bad, you know, really bad and really good yeah. you know I uh, get really nostalgic and I just think like I'm really a product of this area and I've like made it out and yeah I yeah. just yeah beautiful
0: <laughs> uh, who's the greatest rapper of all time
1: Tupac <laughs> I'm just going to take a sip of water
0: <laughs> I feel like all right, we're gonna have an argument.
1: No one can talk shit on Tupac, man. I know, you he- can't talk shit on Tupac.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, I like, lo- like, don't he get me wrong. He's like don't dad.
1: Me- He's like God. Without Tupac, like, we wouldn't have had such a movement. Like, he was so ahead of his times. Yeah. Like, he spoke about so many things in all his songs and lyrics that we speak about now. And it's he was crazy. so smart. Like, and so charismatic, and just so good looking, yeah. and just like everything about him is just amazing yeah and like a 2 you can't talk shit about 2 i'll never talk
0: shit about two-pack. that's <laughs> not where him. i'm heading with this
1: you can't talk to because in western sydney he's a fucking yeah, god
0: <laughs> yeah that's so true um i'm i'm
1: are you a biggie no no okay i <laughs> know
0: oh, i do like i'm close i'm i'm jay-z till the death that is the greatest to ever yeah step okay. foot in a room like that's, i don't know
1: storm's favorite as well
0: there you go. There you go. I feel like, I feel like that's the argument. People, people throw like Eminem in sometimes, but God no, no, they I can, can keep him. Eminem. They can keep him. him. I feel like two packs are good. I'll, I'll take the argument for two, I'll take the argument for Jay Z. I'll take the argument for Little Wayne sometimes as well. I
1: love Little, little Wayne, <laughs> man. His early stuff, like the Carter three and stuff like that, was amazing. And you know what? That's I have went through a phase that where I would just listen to Little Wayne. And, it's crazy.
0: It just yeah, it was just prolific. Oh, his like era was amazing.
1: Tape. But you know who else I really fuck with? Yeah. Young Thug.
0: Thug is the best. I love we stand Thugger. In my household, because my brother is like very into, into very similar music to I am. Like we could put Young Thug like in a golden frame and hang him on the wall. Yeah. Because we just we just applaud. Yeah. He's insane. He's, He's brilliant. Bought
1: a six album, the oh. one in t- probably oh. like top three albums of all time for me. <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hmm. In terms of new area, yeah, he's my favorite in the past 10 years. In terms of like innovators and impact yeah. so Wow. Who's the most underrated Australian artist?
1: Sparrow. Sparrow okay. from Adjuet. I got to check it. She's amazing. She's insane. You should get her on the show.
0: All right, done. I, I trust your word. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Her voice, she's from Adjuet. She's. Uh, describe
0: the vibe, describe the vibe.
1: Soulful R&B Okay That's um, what I need in my life
0: right now a of, It's very tense You know I need that
1: Yeah She's soulful She's R&B Like But she's uh, She's hard Like yeah. She's got this presence about her Yeah She's To me she's I want her to be Huge
0: She will be now yeah. she's, been like, <laughs> she's been mentioned She's given a shout out on Paris Talks It doesn't get much bigger than that Um, And A, a highly contested sort of question I do sort of slip into every conversation because I'm very passionate about this. What's the best fast food chain in Australia, in like Sydney?
1: KFC. Right, thank you. <laughs> anyone, thank you so much. Anyone that knows me knows that I love KFC. And oh, KFC was my first job. And I used to work at KFC And you still
0: smack it like it's I nothing. still
1: smack Everyone's like Are you turned off Because you used to work at KFC I'm like no I love that shit I didn't care I used to see the fat dripping down And I would love that But yeah I, That was my first job I got a job My parents Like That was when the legal age Was 14 and 9 months hmm. um, To get a job So I had to wait To 14 and 9 months But my mum and dad Were like "I'm a back You better get a job You better get a job You're doing nothing You're doing nothing I was like I'm 14 <laughs> But yeah, so I got my first job at KFC and I worked there pretty much the whole way through high school
0: Huge um, That's a big there. run at KFC Yeah, well. I was
1: there for like three years that's And smart. then I got a job at InSport in Blacktown and that's when I was really cool I thought I was really cool <laughs> 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 yeah. I gave out so much free chicken to my friend so <laughs> The
0: tenders, I had a cousin that worked at KFC And you just give us like, you'd get like a whatever box and throw in a couple tenders Yeah, well. it's just, so good What's your KFC order?
1: Um, I get a two piece. I have a very particular KFC order, and yeah. if anyone has a crush on me, if you want to know the weight of my heart, this is what you need to get me. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm sure if someone has a crush on you, they'll definitely be listening as well after this one. They're just been taking notes all
1: <laughs> I get a two piece feed. I upsize the chips. Nice. Upsize the chips only. Okay? Yeah, there's
0: no point in upsizing the drink. It just makes you sick.
1: Yeah, it just makes you sick. And I'm not that big on fizzy. I didn't grow up with fizzy, so I'm like not that that big on fizzy. Um, I get a leg and a thigh for the pieces. Must be a leg and a thigh. Yeah. I eat the drumstick first and then I eat the thigh because <laughs> it's juicy.
0: <laughs> yeah. I hate when you get like the stingiest original recipe pieces. <sighs> it's so frustrating. It's like, this is... It. No, don't. Anyway, yeah.
1: And then instead of potato and gravy, I stop it for gravy. Mm-hmm. Did you know that you can just get gravy instead of potato and gravy? No,
0: I'm, I'm a big potato gravy stan. Okay. I bow down to the potato and gravy with a spoon.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I just get the gravy and... Yeah, well, I used to get a Gay Time Crusher for the drink, but now they don't sell Gay Time Crushers anymore. So I just get a Mountain Dew. Okay,
0: fair. This is the thing, though.
1: And if you, if I'm really hungry, I'll get an extra thigh piece. Yeah, but that's it.
0: This is the thing, my opinion. I think there are good KFCs and bad KFCs. Oh
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, like the Kemba KFC. Go away, just disappear off the earth. It's the worst.
1: The one in Dulwich, I live. Here. I've just moved to Dulwich Hill right now. There's one on um, yeah Canterbury yeah, Road. That's mine. It's not that good. It's not.
0: All the ones in that area, shit. Irwood, which is where I live. That's my. That's my KFC. Shit. Really? Town Hall KFC is the best.
1: Yeah, it's really good. You know where else <laughs> is really good? And this is for the Westies. Seven Hills, Abbott Road KFC okay. is very good.
0: You see, it's, if there's if they're pumping out a lot of chicken, that's when they're good because it's still fresh. To get back bang. Yeah. bang. But like in Irwood Like who the fuck's getting KFC Other than me and my brother Just getting zinger boxes Every second day I know So like They're not putting out As much chicken as they should There's
1: no love There's no love in the KFC There's no love in the KFC In Irwood
0: (laughs) Or Dolly Chill Or the Campbell. like everyone in Canterbury Canterbury Council KFCs Can get stuffed Yeah But the rest of them will keep Anyway Shout out Canterbury Bankstown Council That's that's the best Shout out KFC (laughs) The only reason We froth them every episode Is so that we get A sponsorship Final question You've already sort of answered it, but I need another one. Someone else, you have to, like, neck nominate someone to come on Parry Talks. Who deserves their story being told other than Sparrow? Who who needs it?
1: Mm, Nick, I neck
0: nominate... <laughs> um, Kalimi. Kalimi.
1: Toil- who's that? She's a DJ. Beautiful. Um, oh, no, no, no.
0: I know who Clemmie is. Don't yeah. trust me. I know. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. She's a I DJ. just had a mind
1: bike. No, no, you're right. Um, Yeah. She's a DJ. I just think she's an amazing, strong woman of color and people need to hear
0: beautiful yeah. more
1: about her. And yeah, I'm just, yeah, I think women need to be heard more at the end of the day. Yeah. Beautiful. You know? I'm seeing so like many podcasts and I feel, just feel like they're inundated with many in, male interviews and that's fine. That's great. But I think right now at a time that we're in and, you know, uh, we just need to raise women's voices consistently. Pizza.
0: Yeah, because I've seen her DJ at the athletic events. Yeah. She's one in that crew. Beautiful. Yeah. Parry Talks, episode 26. Happy one year anniversary. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> I will you a glass of water sorry, and you brought sorry. your water bottle. Sorry,
1: cheers, cheers, cheers.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great. Whatever you're doing today.
1: Thank you. Get some KFC. Yes. (laughs)